Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. My name is Ramon Chavez. Super happy to be here. And alongside me is Owen Evans, who's coming in, uh, tuning in from New York City, the Big Apple. How you doing, sir? I'm very tired. <laughs> it's, it's for those of you who aren't aware of what happened today my five-hour flight over here turned into a 12-hour flight over here because apparently the weather didn't want to comply uh that east yeah. coast man it's always it's always uh acting super weird man uh i thought you were gonna blame them airline i was gonna make you say what airline it was but no it was- oh i i i i may have feelings on that but i'm not gonna mm. i'm not gonna name and shame on here Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, thank you to everybody that's tuning in. I know this is a PHNX Rising show after dark edition, at least in Owen's side, because it's bright. Uh, it's 10 p.m. here. It is 10 <laughs> o'clock at night. And it's not even a post-game show. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Uh, shout out to Michael, Pat in the chat. Uh, he's suggesting you take some OGs on the plane, which is not a bad idea. I'm not sure what the TSA would think about that. So... Uh... <laughs> That's I'm true. not gonna take that gamble. <laughs> That's true. Let's take it before, and then then you'll be fine. Uh, we got a great show for you guys today. We're gonna uh, obviously talk about rising and preview the game against Loudon United. Uh, we're gonna get some updates from Owen, see what's going on with the team, uh, give you our predictions for lineups and scores of that game, a must-win game for Rising. And uh, we're also going to do a small preview of the USL weekend action. It's never a dull day in USL, and we got some results yesterday as well. So we'll talk about that. And, of course, the news of the day, the 2026 World Cup stadium sites were chosen. So we're going to talk about that. Um, And before the show, uh, one of our um, PHNX uh, colleagues, Craig Morgan, he kind of you know, slid into the DMs of Owen and I, and he's talking about his experience with the World Cup. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. So I, I, I would have never guessed that Craig Morgan from the PHNX Coyotes show uh, uh, had some World Cup experience. So definitely happy to hear that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, all right, Owen, let's talk about the game on Saturday. Rising is traveling to the East Coast. Uh, they already made it. We, we saw it on social media that uh, the team has arrived over there. We actually got some uh, content from the PHNX Rising Twitter account uh, of the team that traveled. So uh, super happy to see all those guys. And we'll talk about that. Who Who's there and who's not there? That's going to be something we can talk about. Uh, but yeah. right now, Owen, how are you feeling about the game? Obviously, it's a must win. It's, it's, it's you know, Rising's coming off a, a bad uh, few games. So how are you feeling about this game? I think it's the kind of game that has become... A must win. Oh, we were talking about last weekend as a must win. Mm-hmm. But this one, when you really consider the, the kind of caliber of the opposition that they're facing, and all yeah. of that, it is a must win game. And, and we were discussing this on Tuesday where I, I said that Rising to me have to come away with four out of six points minimum, absolute bare minimum over these next two away games for it to not be considered a complete failure. Yeah. So definitely. I think this pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure to go out there and get mm-hmm. a result. You know, as much as sometimes, you know, Rick will talk about, well, there's always pressure. It's This yeah. feels different. This we'll feels like it's really answer, yeah. pressure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Especially after dropping so many points at home. We talked about it on Tuesday as well that, you know, if June, if we thought June was tough and uh, and, and May as well, July is going to be insane. So they got to start picking up points as well. 
Let's talk a little bit about Loudoun United. They're currently 10th place in the Eastern Conference with 14 points. They're 3, 9, and 2 in the season, and they're 1, 3, and 1 over their last five games. So not the cream of the crop of the Eastern Conference. You know, historically, Loudoun has never been that team. But uh, how do you see Loudoun this year? I know I was kind of hyping them up at the beginning of the year, but after their first one against Indy 11, they kind of not worked out that great. So how are you feeling about them? They're inconsistent. And the reason they're inconsistent is because they suffer greatly from something that a lot of these MLS reserve teams suffer from, right? And that's that when guys start looking good, they get called mm-hmm. up to the first team. Yeah. And it makes it hard to just build you know, that consistency in the lineup every week, which then makes it hard to get the consistency in the results every week. And I think that's what's really harmed Loudon. You know, uh, as a team as a whole, what you're going to see from them is they're they're one of those teams that play free centre backs. They typically, you know, it allows them to defend in numbers, but they're also very aggressive on the pressing. So those fullbacks are going to push right up. They're going to try and engage high up the pitch, and they typically try and find things off of turnovers in the in the deep, you know, deep in the of a team's defensive end. And and that's almost where I worry about it with rising here is because that's something that's been a problem for rising this season. You know, it's those silly little errors in the defensive end that Mm -hmm. seem to be how they're giving up a lot of these goals. And if that's Loudon's, you know, kind of strong point at times, you, you worry about that. For sure. Uh, this is the first ever meeting between Rising and Loudon. Uh, Loudon right now this season, they have conceded 24 goals, five penalties, uh, 1.7 goals per game, basically two a game they're giving up. And they've only scored 11 goals this season. So uh, I, I think, you know, I don't want to say that this is going to be a, t- a test of, of high magnitude for Rising and their defense, because obviously, you know, like you're saying, Loudon switches a lot of players. They're not consistent with their lineup. So, and you know, one of their best players, you know, while doing my, my research here, Sami Gaderi, he got, you know, called up to to Washington. So he's not, you know, one of the backbones of this team is not even there. And he's still leading the team in offensive stats. So it's it's tough, you know. And and so how do you envision maybe rising, combating this, you know, uh, this Loudon team that doesn't generally score a lot of goals, but, you know, they, they can still be dangerous? Just to be clear on that, Sammy Gaderi, good spot on there. He is a very dangerous player from the left-back position. As you'd kind of expect as someone who made some appearances in MLS last season for Inter Miami, uh, he's a 24-year-old Algerian. He seems to be yo-yoing a little bit at the moment, so you never quite know. He mm-hmm. could be with the first team or he could be with the reserve team. It's difficult to tell. Yeah. But just as a team, what you get – yeah. You, you think that here, Rising, they've really got to exploit this, partly because the other thing you see there, I mentioned that they're very aggressive on the kind of press. They try and win that ball back high up the field. Part of then what comes along with that is that their back three also tend to push up, mm-hmm. and that leaves them very vulnerable. And it, it needs Rising to do what we've said they've been lacking all season, which is that not direct style of play, but just aggressive very aggressive in the transition win the ball kind of looking to move it up very quite quickly up the field and and try and find someone up there and that's where rising of of struggle at times this year we haven't seen that spark if they can get it back they could have a lot of success against Loudon. I see this game and the way that Loudon plays as uh, an opportunity for Santi Moore to to kind of have a, a Santi Moore game 
kind of his breakout uh, game of the of the 2022 season. And by by what I mean by that is that if the if Rising can exploit those gaps and play those balls to Santi and kind of give him that space on those counterattacks and give him the opportunity to maybe have a one-on-one with the defender where he's able to cut into his right foot. I think that's when Santi Moore is going to be really dangerous and is going to have great opportunities at goal. So those, those is one of the things that I'm looking forward to seeing in this game, see if rising can exploit that from, from the loud defense. Yeah. And I think that Santi, it'll be interesting to see how things come out because we are expecting there to be changes this mm-hmm. game. Rick said as such on Tuesday, everything you hear since suggests, yes, there are going to be changes. Uh, it's not going to look quite like what we've been seeing. And from a you know results perspective, you can very much hope that that's the case, of course. Yeah. But it's just a, I, I really don't know because we don't quite know who's going to line up and who's going to, even when, you know, who is lining up, you don't know quite where they're going to be. Because mm-hmm. the other thing that Rick, of course, was talking about on, on Tuesday was this idea of there being, you know, the square pegs and round holes, and he's been trying to push people into roles that don't really suit them mm-hmm. for too long this season. And he's got to stop bashing his head against the wall, trying to make people be the player that he wants them to be and just has to play them as the player that they are. So yep. I think we're going to see quite a bit of changes and maybe some players playing in places that, we didn't expect to see them play when this season started, but there's a lot up for grabs. Um, and of course, we we do at least know the 18 that have traveled, thanks to uh, the Phoenix Rising Twitter account today, posting a picture of the uh, of the gang there It at, uh, I believe that's Babu's family. Well, first of all, that's a very nice house. I, I, I love the pictures. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't yet, check them out on the the social media site, PH, uh, PHX Rising FC. Uh, they were posting some pictures on Facebook and Instagram, and I sent uh, Owen and myself kind of talked about this, and we're like, hey, you should put it on. But we can clearly see who traveled <laughs> over to on the on this trip. And, uh, yeah, no, it's awesome that Babu's family was able to host the, the Rising team there. And, and again, very beautiful house. I, I'm very impressed by their house right there. <laughs> Because the thing that goes along with that is that not just do we know who you know, made the trip, we know who didn't make the trip, as is now being mm. brought up in the comments there. Mm. One of those players is Luis Sejas. Doesn't appear to be in that picture. So Bobby talked, oh, he put a comment right now on the on the chat, talking about doesn't play for the batch. And those were some comments that... Uh, Rick Schantz had said earlier in the week. Now, my feelings about those comments is that it's they seem a little personal. That's my take. Now, is it with Santi? I don't think so. Uh, are we going to start speculating because Luis Sejas didn't make the trip to uh, for this game? You could, but it's it's tough, you know. Um, and and like everybody's saying in the in the comments, you know, that's the first thing that stands out. One of the the mm-hmm. players that have been really key rising this season is not making the trip now can we overreact to that definitely but should we what do you think well here's the thing remember when those comments were made on tuesday Mm -hmm. who was the person that i texted you and said i think he's going to be left out of the squad Mm. yeah and here's the thing i'm not saying that luis doesn't play for the badge i'm not saying that he you know can't be trusted or or any of that but I am saying that that's what you could very clearly infer from those comments. Well, Especially one of the, the way things... it was follow up with, you know, uh-huh. 
it doesn't matter what you've done in the past or how much you're getting paid. Well, yeah, he's by far the most successful person in that club at the and, moment. And that's why, yeah, when I was listening to that, I was like, he's talking about it doesn't matter where you played, how much money you've made. I'm like, well, that kind of narrows it down who you're referring to when it comes to this team. So that's what I mean. Like those comments seem kind of personal and I don't think they really help anybody. I, I will say that one comment that was made to me by another member of the media at the last game, just watching Luis's gameplay uh, in the last match where there were times when you'd see him attempt to put a cross in they were just bad crosses and the comment was this is a guy who's won the Sudamericana and now he can't put a cross in and it, yeah. it makes you wonder where his head is and I, I know we've had the discussions about is everyone in unison in that locker room is is there different stuff going on are there different factions forming in there and people who may not be happy with how certain things are going. Mm-hmm. I just worry that in this kind of an environment, making those kind of comments, kind of leaving a guy like Luis out, who actually, it, it's weird because there have been times this season where Luis has put this team on his back yeah. and carried them, right? Yeah. Those shots from distance. I mean, San Antonio away win, does it happen if Luis doesn't play? Mm-hmm. And there are other games as well where we've seen those rockets that he's hitting. And... I, I don't know. It's well, you can even go down to like earlier in the season if you want to talk about Luis Sejas, because even mm. Rick said, Well, you know what? I've I've had Luis, but I haven't really used him. And then he puts him in the lineup, he scores those goals, everything's dandy in April, but then come May, and then now there's issues. So that's that's why I'm kind of like, uh, what's going on here? So and and like how uh how Bluebird here in the comments is saying fans are already questioning Rick's position this season. So I could see their point of view as well when it comes to that, but hopefully. I mean, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to get into gossip or whatever, but it's just, you know, hopefully it's not that sort of thing between Rick and, and Luis. Yeah, because it, it would cause a lot of problems in there. Again, Luis is a guy who has done a lot in this game and to lose him. Now, one thing to note in there, of course, is that Luis first came over because, or he came to Phoenix at least realistically because of Wangera, who has now left. Mm. and he's the manager of Oakland. So his former Venezuelan national team teammate there, you know, that that was his link to get him into mm. Phoenix, and that guy is now gone. So I don't know. And, I mean, to Pat's comment in here, he's 35, can't expect him to be a, a game-breaker all year. Right, I get that. But at the same time, is he a guy that you can afford unless he's not fit to leave out of the 18, given mm. what he has done, the impact that he's had there? Yeah, definitely. Um, let's move on and talk about uh, injuries and updates on that. Uh, we saw Babu, Musa, and Quinn in the picks. Are I mean, I'm assuming they're they're fit to to play on Saturday. Uh, any news on that? Fit is a relative term. <laughs> um, you would imagine they're all capable of playing based on that. Babu was never a real big problem. Yeah. Thing about Babu was more of a. You know, it was the cut at halftime when he he went down on the gravel when he was knocked over. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just cut his knee open and it was just swelling a little bit in that game. So they had to take him out. But it was never anything serious. It didn't require stitches. So it was just on that night that it wasn't great. He couldn't quite run as well as he should on that. But you look then at the others... Moose has been playing. It's just getting him back to full fitness more yep. than more than anything else. You know, he, he is struggling quite a bit with that. Um, and it it really when it hits him, it hits him. You know, he 
things start to tighten up and he just can't run and can't mm-hmm. be as explosive as he usually is when he, he kind of hits his wall in a game, um, which we've seen in the last two games. Yeah, we saw it I mean, last game. He went down a couple of times and, you know, I don't know. I, I assume the first time he went down, he was going to come off the game, but he kind of powered through it for, for a few more minutes. And then after that, you know, got him mm-hmm. out um, early. Um, keys to victory here. So I have three keys, keys to victory. Owen, you let me know if I'm right or wrong. Um, first one is get the ball to Hurst. You know, Greg Hurst had, you know, he had 12 touches last game. That cannot happen. Uh, no. You know, I know the crosses aren't there, you know, for, for a very long time and periods of, of play, but you need to get him involved, whether it's in the box, whether it's connecting with him, uh, bringing him out of the box and maybe start some plays. He needs to get the ball. He's been the creative force this season and he, he's your goal scorer. You got to give him a chance to, to at least, you know, put a shot on goals um, and, uh, and, you know, get him, get him on the scoreboard. Uh, what do you think of that one? I think you definitely have to. I, again, it's great. Greg, we've spoken about Luis's kind of saved Rick's bacon at times during this season. Greg mm-hmm. has done the exact same. There have just been those games where he steps up, finds the goal that, that Rising needs. But you can't expect people to just turn nothing into gold every game. And that's what you that's have what to actually say. give them something to work with, yeah. I so mean, I think you are spot on there. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you need to find a way of really providing that service to Greg. Quite how you do that, especially with all the talk about is there going to be a system change coming up? Because again, that was kind of hinted at by Rick mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Um, I don't know quite how that will look. Then, of course, that relies on how the other players around him then are, are playing differently. We've we've seen that. You know, crossing wasn't there before. Is it going to be there now? Um, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see for sure. And we've seen Greg Hurst make something out of nothing. Uh, the clear example I can hear uh, think of is Hartford. You know, he yeah. got that ball. He just saw it and put it in the back of the net. That's that's what he does. So if you give him that opportunity, he's going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Back to goal in that one as well. He got the Definitely. ball. Uh, number two, composure on defense. Uh, I, I know rising like to press, you know, high during games and they come out really physical and aggressive, but I don't want any early yellow, especially with people like King, Darnell King uh, or Babu, because I think that limits them offensively if they get those early yellows and they can't commit to those runs. Um, and if they do, when they lose the ball up high, that's when they get in trouble trying to get on that transitional defense. So what do you think on that one? I think we need to talk about centre-back depth. Remember, Manuel Madrid is uh, out. Mm-hmm. So there is now realistically three centre-backs going into this game. I fully Especially expect when you've got someone who's injury-prone yeah. in there. Yeah, no, I fully expect Howley to start this game. That's just because of Musa and, uh, and just the fact that he didn't really get to play uh, a lot uh, during the last two games. So I think he's going he's gonna to get in there. I think that's very possible because, yes, Manuel Madrid, by the way, for anyone who didn't notice, uh, it's a one-game suspension for denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. So, yeah, he will miss this weekend's game and then be back for the Vegas game next Friday. Uh, third key, uh, Pat Moses says, in Lunt we trust. I was going to you know, say something about Lunt, but I think the third one is play simple. And by, by that, I mean... You know, just make effect, uh, effective decisions. So don't overthink passes. Don't, you know, play play the way, you know, that they know how to play. Uh, and what I mean by that is that if you get an up, open shot at goal, go for it. Don't hesitate. Play the, the open man. And if they do that, I feel like rising half the time are in their own heads. You know, the players are looking to involve someone else or they're looking to do a little bit more than they should in, in a certain place. So if they cut that out, play simple, play effective, 
I think they're going to be successful uh, on Saturday. And that's something that we've pointed to quite a bit this season. I think Marcus Epps has kind of drawn our eye on that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically as a guy who's always trying to do that little bit too much. You know, he gets the ball, he goes up there. He's either trying to just take everybody on by himself or he does this, you know, kind of silly cut back at one point where it's no, just no. Either put the cross in, yeah. take a shot, do something. Don't think that you can walk it into the goal or walk it backwards when other mm-hmm. opportunities are there. Um, it, look, at the end of the day, you're right. They they seem to be overthinking things, getting in their head quite a lot. And it's it's a concern. Mm-hmm. And it's an understandable concern to a degree that they, they are, they're getting in their own heads. I mean, look, at the end of the day, rising at the moment sits below the playoff line. When have we been able to say that recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, they got games in hand on, on teams above, but it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, one one key uh, statistic that I saw John Morris he put out on USL Tactics on on Twitter, uh, he had a, a ninety shots uh, per uh, or shots per ninety and then goals per ninety. And you have rising the the top you know shot shot uh, creator uh, um, in in USL, they have the the highest total shots in in USL. That's what I'm trying to say, but their goal total is among the lowest so it that just explains everything about what's going on with rising this season and hopefully they're able to change that and and uh they, they can get on the board they, they need to score goals right away yeah and that's the thing is that there are times whereby look again i don't want to pick on joey calistri specifically here <laughs> yeah. but he should have put probably at least one of those two chances away last yeah. weekend so there are moments where it's just that where it really is just not being clinical but then there are other moments whereby yeah they're taking shots and you can say what you like about that but they're not good shots yeah they're not creating the best chances they could be creating so i don't know i mean on the chance creation point here i do think we should touch on there was one uh question in the chat here about are we getting a temporary replacement for Arturo or changing the formation hard to get the ball to hear for inconsistent wingers and no proper 10 Again, I'm not quite sure what we're going to see in terms of the formation this weekend. Mm-hmm. But I will say that when Arturo went down, that's why they brought Kose in. Um, they viewed him as being an extra midfielder that would help with Arturo out for this six-plus weeks probably now. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Rick, uh, in, uh, when you interviewed him, viewed him either uh, after the game on Saturday or or Tuesday, um, he mentioned maybe he's, maybe bring another guy during the summer transfer transfer window. So I really hope it's a winger. That's just my take, but I know maybe there's other needs in the team, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I was going to give you my lineup prediction, but like you're saying, we don't know what's going to happen there. So I'm not even going to try, but I will give you my score prediction three to one rising. I'm going for that. They're going to get on the board three times on Saturday. Oh, you see, or I'm tempted to go with this. And this is, I know we're going to touch on DraftKings later, but I'm tempted to say the way that they're playing at the moment, we just almost need to just bet against Rising and pledge the winnings to replace the fact that the Pride Razor is looking very poor poor at the moment, given that they've <laughs> not scored a single goal in the month of June. Um, hedge your bets, you know? Yeah, no, I get you for sure, for sure. Um uh, let's uh, the interesting comment here from Luber just, just before we transition here. Uh, Rick was at Four Peaks Brewing Company in Tempe yesterday, um, and so he was able to speak to some fans. Bluebird, let me know if you were there, but you're saying I don't know if you're, this is sarcasm or not, but he asked for a minimum of 30 crosses on Saturday. So, uh, oh no, that, that's that's real, that's real. 
Okay. But yeah, if, uh, no, that's pretty cool. I like the fact that Four Peaks Brewing Company is doing these things in the community and fans can go. I haven't seen any pictures from the event, so hopefully some people can post them online. I don't know if you have uh, seen any, Owen. Yeah, well, I, I have seen a few. Yeah, I know they were taking pictures there. Um, so it's it was good to see to see Rick out there in the community, at least. Um, I know that that's something that they're hoping to do a little bit more, a little bit mm-hmm. more transparency with the fans, kind of all of that approach. But... <laughs> Hey, we'll 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 see. We'll see. It's it, from what I gather, people who went there seem to have had a good time. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shout out to Bobby D. Gully. Uh, we got Thomas in the chat. Pat, as always, Bonnie in the chat. Always happy to see you guys here. Uh, I think uh, I, I might actually go to the store after the show. I know it's kind of I mean, it's not 10 o'clock like over you where you're at, Owen. So I got maybe a little bit of time to get myself some Four Peaks as well. And if you guys do enjoy Four Peaks Brewing Company, uh, you must be 21 and or, uh, or older and make sure to enjoy it responsibly as well. They're pretty good as um as well all right um before we keep talking about uh the usl uh owen i do want to talk to our friends about ogs i know it's already been on the chat a few a few times but uh we got some exciting news from our friends at ogs brands they just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor pina colada uh perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend that's just in time for those summer road trips and pool parties and i've always said it man i like the pineapple flavor that's my so i'm definitely happy to see this new pina colada flavor that's coming out. And speaking of pool parties, OG's is also taking over Maya Day Club in Scottsdale this month on June 25th. So if you guys go there on June 25th, Owen and myself will be there. Why are you? I might not be there. I'm, not? I'm being clear here now. Oh, I may on. not be back from, but Rising are playing in Vegas the night before. Come on, you can make it. I'll I get you. I'll get you a direct flight. Charter that. You know, we need you at my on the no, 25th. I think I'll. I think I'll give that one a miss. I went to Costco and I got extra sun lotion. So come on, we need. I, no, no, no. See, whatever. Trust Owen. me. I don't think I can go out. Training <laughs> on a Tuesday gives me enough skin cancer. I can't risk it. Okay. <laughs> You you can see I'm I, I'm Welsh I'm, I don't deal with the sun. I get you, okay? I get you. But if you guys people are from Arizona, can deal with the sun. I can't deal with the sun. <laughs> so if you guys are able to make it again, uh, OG's is taking over Maya Day Club in Scottsdale this month, June 25th. Be sure to say what's up to us, uh, and some of the PHNX crew will be out there. Uh, having some good time and you guys can go check out OG's online at ogsbrands.com and also on Instagram at at OG's brands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary and you must be 21 years of or, or older to purchase. So make sure to check out our our friends at OG's shirt off and stoned <laughs> Owen. See, that's what I'm trying to happen. Yeah. And you're always talking about me. This is the time for Owen to get down. So Anyway, you still haven't done the OGs show that you've promised everyone. I said Saturday. I just need to get myself. You're doing Saturday. Great. You're doing Saturday. Sold. Perfect. I'm back. I'm back. Do it. Do it. (laughs) All right, Owen. Let's talk about some USL action here. Uh, We got some games yesterday, uh, and some games that actually had some direct uh, impact on Rising. Uh, So they started the day yesterday at seventh place, and due to a result, they dropped down to seventh. I'm sorry, to eighth place now, and they're currently out of the playoff race. Uh, so what do you, what did you think of the scores yesterday? I think that Rising got off lightly, given that Oakland took the lead. Mm. If Oakland had won that game, Rising would have been down to ninth. Oof. Um, look, I mean, you look at Galaxy and the guy they've got there in Preston 
Chad. He yeah, was just he like very, or something like <laughs> very, very good forward. And mm-hmm. it's not a shock to me that he got a hat trick in that game against the Monterey Bay side that are still kind of trying to work out who they are and yeah. um, what they want to be under Frank Yallop. You know, I mean, they're an expansion team this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's never easy, especially when they had to start off with so many games on the road because they were developing that stadium ready for them. Yeah. Um, it's difficult and they've they've really struggled to find form, but then equally LA Galaxy 2 are very inconsistent. So Mercurial, yeah. <laughs> they showed up in that game, got the 3-2 win, which is by a lesser scoreline than what it was when Rising went away to LA Galaxy 2. Yep. <laughs> um, other results is Memphis tying uh, uh, on the road against Hartford. Uh, Baby Bulls and Tulsa tied up. And then Oakland, they lose at home against New Mexico United. What do you think about that one? I mean, New Mexico are better than the New Mexico we've seen in previous years. People won't like that in the mm-hmm. chat. I know they won't like that. No one likes mm-hmm. to admit anything positive about New Mexico. Of course, New Mexico finding that date, as we discussed on Tuesday, to play another game. So their standings are inflated by about three points that they probably shouldn't be after they mm-hmm. force the kids out to play. Um, but... It is what it is. They're still a better team than we've seen, I think, out of them in years past. So, mm-hmm. uh, moving on to Saturday, previewing uh, one one game that just there's two games that really call my attention: uh, Detroit hosting El Paso and Colorado against Indy Eleven. So, uh, what um, what do you pick for kind of game of the weekend uh, coming well, up? Well, I can tell you that obviously the ESPN game of the week is uh, Detroit against El Paso. That will be the first regular season game to be on ESPN, not tucked away on ESPN2. Whoa, look uh, at that. And so, they sold it out. I saw the, the announcement that they sold out the, their stadium, so should be should be a fun sight. Yeah, I mean, it's a, just bear in mind, of course, it is a smaller stadium, so there's, <laughs> there's levels to Come this. Come on, um, be nice. The sellout uh, to sell out. <laughs> it's it's good for them to get a sellout. I will say that. Um, there are some other games there. I'm intrigued to see what happens with um, Tampa against Charleston, because Charleston, of course, having that big win over Pittsburgh last mm-hmm. weekend, and I personally do not think that they have any reason to keep that run going. But yeah. Hey, let's see. Let's let them put it to the test. Away to Tampa is a tough fixture. Mm-hmm. Can they do it again? Equally, one of the other ones there, Louisville against Orange County. Orange County really struggling at the moment. They're about to go away and face a tough team in Louisville. These are two teams that Rising have got coming up very shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, it's the two games that come. No, no, Memphis is in the middle, sorry. Um, but both of those teams are, are coming up in the month of July. So that'd be a difficult one. Uh, and then what else have we got here? Sacramento galaxy two. Hmm? Should be interesting. We'll see if galaxy shows up. <laughs> you never know. That's the thing. They're such a weird team. Yeah. I'm never betting on them again. That that was, it cost me a lot of money. And then on Sunday, uh, San Diego hosting Las Vegas. So that one should be fun as well on Sunday. So definitely a fun week. Uh, USL championship uh action as always so uh yeah you guys can definitely get in on the action on the drafting sportsbook app if you guys haven't yet so uh i'm, I'm like really hit and miss man with these results so hopefully you guys are better than me when it comes to DraftKings because <laughs> i typically do not good do good especially on wednesday so um are you are you betting on you're betting on those midweek games you i got always- money on 
I got money on the the finals game right now, game six. So Warriors are are up twenty two right now. Wait, so. who, who have you got money on? I want to know who, who's going to win because it'll be the opposite. I, no, I did a pro- you've got money on. <laughs> I, I haven't bet on anybody yet for USL, but as far as the Warriors game, uh, I got Curry for plus thirty, Clay plus twenty. And then I think like Jason Tatum plus 30, something like that. But I don't think that's going to happen. So not good. Not good. We'll see. We'll see if they can make it come back here. Um, but uh, speaking of DraftKings, if you guys haven't yet, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. I mean, you might not have a lot of time. But if you guys haven't yet, you guys can also bet on the, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals as well and get $150 in free bets instantly. And that's with promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Stanley Cup Finals. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. I need to watch some hockey. I know Craig was on the chat here, so I know I know he's supporting us. So I got I to gotta support them by watching some hockey as well at the, in uh, Colorado and Tampa Bay, right? Yes, Owen? Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what? Do you want a fun USL anecdote from my time here in New York, which is very, very short? Uh, I went to get food before mm-hmm. we came on the show. So I went down. There's an Irish bar not far away. So I just went in there to get something to eat. Yep. I was chatting to one of these Irish guys behind the behind the bar. And as soon as I mentioned USL, he's like, oh, I used to play with Niall McCabe. That's Niall McCabe who's played over 100 games for Louisville. Wow. So, Look at that. Just casually in an Irish bar in New York. <laughs> yeah, and you find someone who has played with a USL player. It's oh, cool. my God. That's cool, man. That's awesome. I mean, you never know, especially in New York. You know, there's so many people there. So awesome, awesome stuff there. All right, Owen, let's talk about why you're in New York. Uh, actually, set us up. Why are you in New York? What's going on over there? You just told me you're leaving on Tuesday, and I'm like, okay, and then you show up in New York. No. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought I'd get away from you, Ramon. It's, it's <laughs> I just feel like our relationship, we need a bit of space here, you know? Hey, that's fine with me. I'm scared. <laughs> in this case, it's free time terms of space. But um, no, the FIFA World Cup 2026 being hosted by the US, Mexico, and Canada. And the host cities were announced today here in New York, followed up by a press conference. They had uh, Gianni Anfantino, the president of FIFA, uh, Victor Montagliani, uh, who is, I'm pretty sure I just got that right, who is the president of CONCACAF mm. and uh, the FIFA's director of events and tournaments as well came out to talk. Um, it's exciting, isn't it, really? Because it's the first time since 94 that the World Cup has, the Men's World Cup has come to North America. Um, and it's also going to be an expanded World Cup. You're going to have 48 teams, not mm-hmm. the 32. I know we discussed that on Tuesday about Ooh, how do we feel about the expansion? Is it going to be a bit weird to see? Mm -hmm. I know you're not a fan, but (laughs) clearly FIFA are fans of it. Um, And yeah, we learned today the 16 host cities who will be hosting games. And you can see there, most of them in the US, Atlanta, Atlanta, that famous central region uh, stadium. That's how they announced them today, wasn't it? Yeah. Central location. No, Atlanta is not a central location. But hey, it, whatever you want. Uh, Boston, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, LA. Are they going to play that at SoFi? Not at the Rose Bowl. Both of them bid for it. Miami, New York, New Jersey, which means that it's in New Jersey and they're going to call it New York. Uh, Philadelphia, the Bay Area, and Seattle. Then up in Canada, Edmonton got snubbed. It's just going to be Toronto and Vancouver. 
down in Mexico, Guadalajara, Mexico City, and Monterrey. So a lot of a lot of excitement from some people. Of course, people up in Denver not too happy. They did bid for it. Mm-hmm. They didn't get it. Um, and then you know, looking at some of the others, other places that were bidding and didn't get anywhere. Nashville, DC, as well. Uh, there will be no World Cup play in the nation's capital here in the mm-hmm. US. Although it was discussed that, of course, the World Cup will coincide with, uh, I believe it's the 250th anniversary of the US. So uh, when when the various officials were giving somewhat mealy-mouthed answers about where they're going to have a big fan zone on the National Mall, uh, they all, well, I don't know, we'll have to see. We'll have to, and, and Infantino just leans into the microphone and says, yes. <laughs> So apparently that's decided. Yeah, apparently that's decided. It's oh my god. The president of FIFA has said yes. So uh it's that's decided. Uh yeah, Baltimore was the pretty one of the big omissions there. Uh Orlando uh, also applied from the scene here. Cincinnati, uh Nashville, Denver. I I was really hoping for Denver. I was kind of rooting for them because if you look at the map of you know all the regions that were chosen, there's kind of like a huge gap just in the middle of the country. Uh, so I was kind of hoping for Denver to kind of get at least something. And I love their stadium. I love their city. And I think one of the things in you know spe- playing a World Cup in July and and or June and July in in Denver is that you're liable to get some storms up there. So that's probably maybe one of the big reasons they they really didn't want to go up there. But you get bad weather everywhere. I mean, look at. Look at me That's this morning. Cool. You're right. You're right. Uh, if people were wondering, Arizona did not apply, uh, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, Owen, it was a financial burden for the city and the state to host the FIFA World Cup. So, And, and, and it is, but, but you, you prohibit fans from Arizona to, mm-hmm. for a World Cup experience, so it kind of sucks. That was, that was something that actually came up uh, today as well because there, there's a lot of things that go into hosting uh, a World Cup games. It's not just as simple as having a stadium and games yeah. being played there. Uh, FIFA has a lot of demands that come in. Things about infrastructure improvements often come up. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that as well, they look typically for tax exemptions. That, that was something that came up in the press conference today. Where it was, how do you justify when you're sitting on as much money as you are? Kind of demanding these tax exemptions. I like that. I like that people were asking. Yeah, that that one that one came in, and the argument was: look, it it's this money gets reinvested. That's what Infantino was saying. All this money's going back into developing the game, and there are a lot of countries around the world which yeah, you need more dollars. Wouldn't uh, be dollar able to you know play football to any serious level without getting World Cup money in. That's yep. that's the official line from FIFA on that one. Uh, I'll stress that's the official line mm-hmm. at least that was given today um it, it's there's a lot of things that go into it i know that it was also mentioned look at it, when they expected them to start this process they were eight years out which mm-hmm. apparently was considered to be too far out to start going for it by local officials in arizona yeah, for a super bowl like every year like it doesn't make sense anyway you can see i'm a little bit upset about that um las vegas also you know they they didn't apply but i but they, they were more stadium. recent. The stadium, yeah. yeah, the stadium was more recent. It, it's it's complicated. That whole thing came about because of the Raiders moving. Yeah, uh, it was just harder to predict, I guess, earlier on. Uh, big question for you here, Owen. Uh, but before I ask you that, so uh, yeah, the 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 
the 2026 World Cup will be expanding to 48 teams, total of 80 games, if I'm correct. So uh, 60 of them will go to the U.S., 10 to Canada, and 10 to Mexico. Um, so, But there was no official word on who will be the opening uh, game site or the host of the final. So I, I expect Mexico to get the opening game. That's what I'm feeling. Estadio Azteca, Mexico plays the first game and get that out of the way. And then what you know stadium would you be open or would you be comfortable hosting the final? I feel as though it's likely to be even New York or LA. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, you can't see beyond either of those realistically mm-hmm. that is going to be awarded. Now, of course, they weren't told today who's going to get it. And in fact, it, it, I, Victor Montagliani said today that they were debating even up to like yesterday and, and this morning who exactly they were going to pick in their final groups even for today's announcement which that feels incredibly late and incredibly close to the deadline (laughs) Uh, but it's you know it's like well it's fifa's just run by a bunch of college students effectively (laughs) pulling an all all nighter the night before like i get oh guys we haven't we haven't put a list together of venues oh no (laughs) um how i do that (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i i I really don't know where they're going to give it. But at the same time, look, you have to, for those of you who, and people may or may not have had a great recollection or whatever of 94 and what happened, the prevailing message today, and this is, again, specific, pretty much quoting what Gianni, uh, Gianni Infantino said, was that the US, Mexico, and Canada don't know what is going to happen that summer. And what's going to happen is that they're going to be in invaded by a big wave of joy and happiness and that's what football is about so um sounds it's, dangerous <laughs> it sounds really like yeah, yeah dodgy no. but it's <laughs> but it's a really positive message at the same time i, I guess yeah yeah i don't know we'll see so far from my understanding doesn't have the capacity to host a soccer pitch from what i understand uh or the dimensions needed i guess for a world cup uh event so I'm assuming they're going to have to pull out some seats or something. But um, D. Goley said the final was in L.A. at the the Rose Bowl um, in uh, in 94. So he's assuming maybe it'll be on the East Coast. Uh, I don't know. I don't like East Coast kind of finals because they start later. I don't know how you feel about that. But it came up. It came up. I bear in mind it may not start later because it's a one-off game. The only game Mm -hmm. of the day. They may also push it early because they'll want European time zones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, to, to the comment on SoFi, just to be clear, it, again, it went to Colin Smith, who is FIFA's director of tournaments and events, about, look, you're playing a lot of these NFL stadiums. They're typically quite narrow. What kind of an impact does that have on capacity? And he said, yeah, we know that they're, they're not the easiest to deal with. There will be times where we have to, deal with the fact that they're tight in corners and maybe have to make some configuration changes slightly but mm-hmm. he said there would be no material impact on stadium capacities he doesn't anticipate that it'll have a serious impact there so hopefully it doesn't um but yeah we'll have to see i i, I find it astounding still with sofi stadium that they knew they knew the world cup is coming they spend how much money of a budget on that stadium? Yeah. And they still turn around. And it's like, oh, that's too narrow. 
for like, how you knew <laughs> billions, the world cup is coming billions of dollars yeah <laughs> you know the world cup is coming yeah yeah not not a good look there um i do want to talk about craig morgan again he's uh he's part of the phnx coyotes uh show he uh yeah he did he dm'd us before the show and he was telling us that he was actually able to go in 1994 to the semifinal game between brazil and sweden and he described it as an unreal atmosphere so hearing this you know comment uh owen and everybody else in the chat you know how uh, you know i know that they come these world cups come with a lot of baggage obviously qatar uh is, is an example of that but how excited are you for this to come back you know and and you know i'll, I'll let you know my feelings but i want to hear what you and the rest of the the chat have to say i mean it's a weird one you know it's a weird one for me this upcoming mm-hmm. world cup because for everything we could talk about with qatar and everything that's wrong with the decision to give them that tournament and everything that's wrong even you know both from a, a perhaps from a moral standpoint, from a logistical standpoint. Yeah, you, you could. we could fill an entire episode just talking about things that are wrong with Qatar. It's yeah. a weird one for me because it's just like, well, Wales have qualified. <laughs> we <laughs> don't qualify. Know. Yeah. Like, we don't. Again, I've told people this. You know, the last time Wales qualified was over a decade before my parents were born. Like, mm-hmm. that's... Yeah, this is as much as we want to think Wales are on the up. This is still possibly once in a lifetime stuff. I mean, if it's going to forty eight, you're probably going to see them in the US. I don't know. I don't know. We That's we true. fluctuate. We can be bad <laughs> at times. That's true. Well, I'm just very excited. And, and the reason is because, you know, I started covering soccer like around 2016, 2017. And my goal was to cover the 2026 World Cup in any capacity, as long as I'm in one of the stadiums. And to Pat's uh, comment here, uh, saying senior team play in a live World Cup uh, game is the pinnacle of football fandom, recommended to everyone bucket list. Exactly. And that's how I feel about it. You know, just, you know, due to my situation, I'm not able to travel outside of the country, but having the World Cup come to the US, you know, and hopefully by that time I am able to travel outside of the country. But the fact that you, I would, be able to have the opportunity to even even go as a fan, not even to cover it. That to me is just like he's saying, like pinnacle of just football fandom and being able to experience it and, and the sights and the scenes. And Craig mentioned it as well um, in, in the comments that the unreal atmosphere, there's nothing you can compare it to. And so I'm just glad that millions of people are going to be able to experience it in the U.S. And, you know, 94 is what, like 30 years ago almost. Uh, and we probably won't see that in the u.s for another 30 you know whatever years so it's an exciting time uh definitely saw you know football soccer whatever you want to call it increase in popularity after the 1994 world cup and, and after the 1999 women's uh world, uh world cup too that i feel this just kind of pushing the u.s over the edge and just making it a football powerhouse and so that's what i'm really excited about and and just having more people be a fan of the game that's what it's all about well we all heard uh Gianni Infantino on the live broadcast that went out when they were announcing the the host cities where it was I want to make sure that by the next world by this coming 2026 World Cup football's the top sport in the region so it's the top sport in North America now everyone laughs at that one a bit it's like oh it's not gonna yeah. happen you listen to them talk about it again in the press conference after they, they're very serious about going down that route and mm. it's growing it's growing very quickly. Um, and 
I feel as though there are very few events that can rival over the length of time that it spans a World Cup in terms of just... I, I don't even think that the Olympics do to an extent. Not anymore. I, I don't think I so. always find that, yeah, it's weird. And especially weird here where I know that... I mean, I found it weird when I first came over here and it was some of the Olympic stuff where because they want to show it at prime time in the night, you can't watch it in the day. That's just bizarre. I, I yeah. don't get that. But, yeah. you know, it, it, to me, that kind of stuff just ruins the the drama's gone. Mm-hmm. utterly gone especially and, with and, social media yeah. you're gonna know <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah this isn't like 30 years ago when you'd have been struggling to get some of that info yeah i i just i feel there's very little that can really rival a world cup in terms of just the spectacle for a mm-hmm. month um and the the kind of passion that it it brings out from people from all over the world i mean i i was lucky enough i went to the euros in 2016 and got to see that and just seeing you know when wales played in belgium well we played against belgium in, in lille and it felt like we were playing in belgium because you're that <laughs> close to the belgian border they just flooded that entire city but mm-hmm. what an experience to be there and just to yeah to be around that with everyone having a good time and then, of course, Wales go on and win three one, so it makes it even better. But it was still, it was still just a great day, even up to that point. Definitely, definitely, and and a lot of people are going to be making those memories in that twenty twenty six World Cup. So, definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully, nothing it goes off without a hitch. You know, we never know what can happen, but uh, definitely going to be looking forward uh, to that. All right, y'all. Uh, Owen's got to go to bed, <laughs> so we're going to cut the the show. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Always a, a good time here with everybody. Uh, I want to thank our producer, Jacob, today for helping us out. Uh, everybody in the chat, Pat Moses, always appreciate you. D Goalie, uh, Sabani up here, Bandilos Bluebird. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's a little bit later than usual. Thomas, Bobby, uh, thank you again. Uh, we will be back on Saturday after the Loudon game with our live post game show. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, make sure to go to Twitter and follow us at our, uh, at our account, phnx underscore underscore rising. Double the underscores, double the uh, well, it's more than double the flight time it was here. So, I'm <laughs> I, I was looking to make a joke on that one, it didn't quite work. <laughs> it worked, I liked it. Uh, yeah, phnx underscore underscore rising. Uh, we're at 600, 600 followers. If we get to 650, I'll be giving out our uh, phnx rising scarf to uh, in a drawing. So, make sure to get us up there. If you have a friend, let them know, hey, follow us. Yeah, it's right here, pretty neat over here. Summer weight support. Supporter scarves. I have mine. I love it. I, I literally just wear wear it around the house. You know, my girlfriend thinks I'm crazy, but I like it so much. I wear it all the time. So <laughs> you got a very London esque kind of reflection there. All right, y'all. That's it for tonight. Thank you so much for uh, watching us. If you guys haven't yet, make sure to subscribe. We will see you next time. Until then, take care. Be well, and see you later. <laughs>